Hey, welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it up. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Open your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like to use one, just raise your hand real quick. And we'd love to come bring you one that you can either borrow or keep. It's our gift to you. Also, you can go to the version or the Bible app, and all the notes and all the scriptures are going to be there for you. If you are watching online or at one of the many services at the Brown County Correctional Facility, we love you. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're watching. I'm glad you're here. And I am so honored to be continuing in this series called The Holy Spirit. And last week, Pastor Sean talked about the God I never knew. And today I want to talk about what's the meaning behind Pentecost. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done in your word to change and transform lives. So I pray, Lord, that we would focus in on what you have for us today, that we'd hear your word and be encouraged by it, be challenged by it, and walk out different. Be with us during this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, by show of hands, how many of you guys have ever seen the TV show, This Is Us? I was a big fan of that show. I cried a lot during that show. Like, like, and my wife always made fun of me, too. Like, she was always like, look at this dude. <laughs> and my kids, too. She'd be like, look, Dad. Look, look, Mom, Dad's crying again. Like, I was like, what, what's wrong? But I love that show. And I think I love the show because it was like three different time periods. You had the past. You had the present, you had the future, but they were really good in that show of like connecting the dots where they would like give you a story in the past or the future or the present and they would connect it to something else. And, and there's always a part of me that was like, oh, I see the, I see the, what they did there. And I would start crying and stuff like that. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you cry in this uh, service today, but my biggest thing is, is I'm, I wanna connect some dots, okay? So like Pastor said last week, This is kind of a teaching series, and so I want you to hang out with me. Don't get bored. If you use your phone, take notes, take notes, but like, don't go on Subway Surfer. Like, it's tempting, I know. You want to beat that high score. Does anyone still play Subway Surfers? Is it just me? Okay. Oh, I got one. Cool. So, actually, I got no no time. So, Acts chapter 1, we're going to start reading in verse 3, and it says this. After his suffering, this is Jesus, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them in over a period of 40, which is very important. 40 is actually the number of preparation. So 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised you, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, which they are familiar with, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I want to explain what Jesus came back to do, because what he spent those 40 days doing, he's looking to do in our life today. And this is an area where a lot of people would get confused. And so I thought the best way to really sum up everything that is talked about with the Holy Spirit in this scripture, I want to do it with feasts. Because, man, I love some feasts. My, my, my lady can make a good feast. Like it's, like, it's really good. Like, I love feasts. And so did the Jewish people. They loved it too. In fact, they would celebrate three 
feasts a year. And these feasts were like holidays where they would stop and remember. And, and they had and then holidays like us, it's kind of like it was their Memorial Day or their Independence Day. And so three times a year, they would remember and they would feast. So some of those feasts would correspond with the journey God took the children of Israel on. So as many of you know, the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt. So the first feast was where we see in Exodus chapter 12, verse 14, where he says, this is a day to remember. Each year from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. Now, what were they supposed to remember? They were supposed to remember the day that the death angel passed. And through the streets, instead, and so instead of dying, if you had the blood of the lamb on your doorpost, the death angel would pass over you. And that's why God says, I want you to celebrate the festival of Passover. And this was a celebrate, the event that happened uh, during that time. And then God says, I want you to celebrate another holiday. And it's to celebrate 50 days later, which was called Pentecost. And this was a celebrated event, what happened 50 days afterwards when they're out of Egypt and they're on the base of Mount Sinai and the people are at the bottom of the mountain and then Moses goes up, the power of God writes the 10 commandments on the mountain, Moses carves out those tablets, he brings them down and he shows them a new way of living which is designed to help them live their lives a godly way. So every year they were to stop and remember the day the law was given to them called Pentecost. Then there was another one that they were remember what happened and happened in the fall towards the harvest season and it was called Tabernacles. It was to remember when they got the law and when they ended up in the promised land. Now you have to remember, it didn't, like, they didn't get into the promised land real quick. In fact, it took them 40 years, which is interesting, the number 40, the, the number of preparation, it was 40 years of wandering. Now, looking at these three feasts, some of us, we can look at the first one and go, love it. Great feast. The third one, we're like, I think I know what you're talking about, which is fine. I'm going to talk about it in a little bit. But to understand the second one is a little bit confusing because especially Pentecost, and we've heard the word Pentecost with the Holy Spirit, and so that can be confusing. So I want to explain to you how these feasts were fulfilled. In our lives. So here's the first one if you're taking notes the Feast of Passover. The Passover had a few characteristics that I want you to see. Number one is this it happened on a Friday. The Passover was a sacrifice, so they cut the throat, spilled the blood, and that took place at 9 a.m. Then the lamb, number two, was put in the oven at exactly 3 p.m. for the night's meal. And this was to symbolize that their sins were covered. I want you to focus on that, cover. See, because the sin was still there, but it couldn't be seen because it was covered, and that was the understanding at the time. So now let's look at how Jesus fulfills these characteristics for this particular feast. Number one, Jesus was sacrificed exactly 9 a.m. God doesn't do anything on, by chance. Number two, Jesus was put in the tomb at exactly 3 p.m. And number three, Jesus' sacrifice doesn't cover our sins, but it removes our sins. Now, most of us, we understand this, and we appreciate this, and we have no problem with that. Now, it's the second feast, though. It's where people struggle, the Feast of Pentecost, because some of you, we've been afraid to, like, hear this word Pentecost. We've kind of been turned off by it. It kind of reminds me of the time I was in the car with my neighbors, and we were going to, like, an event together. 
And I found out something very interesting about them. So they were driving and listening to the radio. All of a sudden, the Beatles come on. And it's like, it's been a hard day's night. And they just go, no, turn it off. And like, they're freaking, like the whole thing. I'm like, what is happening? Like, change it, change it. And like, all of them are yelling. And I go, what, whoa, 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 what's happening? They're like, we can't listen to the Beatles while driving. I go, why? What's what? And they're like, yeah. And then the, the driver goes, yep, been in too many accidents listening to the Beatles. I was like, what? And he blames the Beatles for car accidents. He said, every time I listen to the Beatles, I got a car accident. No Beatles. I'm like, okay, cool. And I know that sounds crazy, but some of us, that's how we, when we hear the word Pentecost, we're like, na, 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 na. no, 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 no. Because we hear the word Pentecost, we think Pentecostal. And we're like, I'm not going to be Pentecostal. I'm not going to be like those Pentecostals. But here's the funny thing. Pentecost actually probably means something totally different than what you think. In, 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 in the Greek, it's the word Pentecoste, and it means 50th. I know, I got real spiritual, huh? <laughs> so, but that's the truth of it. And it's amazing how some of us can hear a word, hear a saying, and we think something different because of how it's been packaged by people. And I also honestly think it's a ploy from the enemy. That the enemy would love for you to think that everything with the Holy Spirit is supposed to be weird and you're supposed to stay away from it and don't even try to invite it in your lives because that's what weird people do and that's what strange people do. And the enemy would love for you to stay away from something that is powerful, that is life-changing, and that can transform your life. And so it's so interesting that we'll hear the word Pentecost and we'll think one thing and it actually means a totally different thing. So Pentecost, 50 days or seven weeks after Passover was to remember the event that took place at Mount Sinai. Some of you guys have seen the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. I loved it because what he does in the movie is he has the tablets and he goes like this. Like, I have the wall. It's, it's, it's very old. I'm not saying you should watch it. I don't know if you can watch it. It might be archived forever. I'm just kidding. So, but we see the Ten Commandments that are brought up in Exodus. And there's four main things that happen while God is giving the law. Number one. When this happens, a cloud descends with a loud noise and fire. Number two, God wrote his law on tablets of stone. And number three, 3,000 people who were actually worshiping the golden calf, the, the scripture says that the earth opens up and swallows them up, and they're, they're done. And then on that day, God establishes the nation of Israel. Now, here's how the feast is fulfilled in the New Testament that we see in the book of Acts. On the day of Pentecost, which is just the 50th day, the Holy Spirit descends with a loud sound and fire. Number two, God wrote his law in our hearts instead of tablets of stone. Number three, 3,000 people got saved instead of died. And on that day, God established his church. Now, let me explain this the best way I can. Let's go to Acts chapter two, starting in verse one, where it says this. On the day of Pentecost, was just the 50th day. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Why? It's what Jesus commanded. He said, go and wait there. And suddenly a sound like a blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated from the rest. Not on a mountain, but rather on each of them. And all of a sudden they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues that the Spirit enabled them. Now, I want to go back to Pentecost real quick because I know some of you guys are ashamed. but let me first finish the feast, okay? So the third feast, 
They practiced it. It took place in the fall because it was the Feast of Tabernacles. Again, this was a holiday to remember because they didn't live in permanent homes. They lived in tents. They lived in huts. And, and so they did this until they got to their final destination, which was the Promised Land. So there, the characteristics of that are they were wandering and living in temporary huts. They were brought to their final home, which was the Promised Land, the nation of Israel. And number three, they celebrated it during the harvest season. And many Jewish people didn't know this, but actually the, 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 the Feast of Tabernacles is also called the Feast of Trumpets. So how is this feast fulfilled? Well, it actually hasn't been fulfilled yet. Because actually we're living in temporary homes right now until we get to the promised land, number two, which is gonna be our final home, which is heaven. And there will be a great harvest of people. In fact, the book of Revelation makes it very clear that just before Jesus returns, a lot of people are gonna get saved, and some of you might be going, huh, that's not anytime soon. But you have to remember globally, that globally there is actually a massive harvest happening here on earth. And I don't, we, we don't hear about it a lot, like in fact we hear the opposite happening like in America, but like a worldwide, the church is growing. In fact, I looked this up recently, the church is growing at a 6.9% each year. Now you go, ah, 6.9, that's kind of low. That's about 483 million people per year. That's three times faster than population growth, and that's three times faster than the second fastest religion, which is Islam. In China, there was 30,000 new Jesus people. China, where if you even talk about Jesus, you could be arrested. So I don't know about you, maybe God is starting to set something up right now to fulfill this final feast. Which leads me to the number four, where scripture said there will be a trumpet sound when Christ returns. And we find this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. In verse 15, it says, according to God's own word, we tell you that we are still alive, who are left to the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. We see this actually that in, in uh, the book of John and the book of Acts, that that uh, Jesus is on the Mount of Olives, and it says he, he goes up there, and they actually see him go up. And so this scripture is saying that's where he's gonna ascend again, and he's gonna come, which allows com command with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together within the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we will be with the Lord forever. So this is where the Feast of Tabernacles will be fulfilled. So now we have understanding the first one, the third one, but that middle one, we're a, little, we're a little concerned about. Because maybe some of you guys are like me and you're told, hey, stay away from that Holy Ghost stuff. That's evil. That's of the devil. Which is interesting, because if you look in the scriptures, I don't find anything that says that the Holy Spirit's of the devil. It's sad how we can be turned off by something that's not even in the Bible and miss out something beautiful and not weird. I mean, Pastor talked about it last week, and I'm probably going to talk about it a couple times. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are. And God wants the Feast of Pentecost to be fulfilled in everyone. Now, some of you guys be like, whoa, 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 do I need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? No, you can still go to heaven without the Holy Spirit, but it's just something to help us here while we're here on earth. And I know it can be confusing, and, and honestly, that's nothing new. We see it in the Bible, that when Pentecost happened and people were filled with the Holy Spirit, people were confused. When God's Spirit was poured out, they didn't understand it. In fact, Acts chapter 2, verse 13 
They just start mocking him. And, and they say, they're just drunk. That's all. And, and they, get, they got so outspoken that Peter like had to step out and go, whoa, 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 hold up. Hold on. And he had to address them and say, hey, we're not drunk. And what we're doing is something beautiful. It's something great. And that's why he says in Acts chapter 2, verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they asked one each other, so what does this mean? Which is something we maybe ask ourselves when we hear about the Holy Spirit. So today I want to tell you what it means to have the Holy Spirit, because it may not be what you think. And here's what it is. The Holy Spirit just wants to empower you. In fact, I want to give you three ways the Holy Spirit wants to empower us. Here's number one. He empowers us to live righteously. Now, what does that mean? Remember, pastor said last week that righteously just is right standing. And so when Pentecost, when they received the, they received the law, they received the Ten Commandments, it was on stone, it was written. But God saw that wasn't working. They were like, all right, do what it says. And they're like, okay, okay, uh-huh. But they weren't doing it. So God said, okay, I have to, I have to switch it up. Because what they're starting to do is they're starting to look at this as this external book, this book of rules and regulations, and we read it, and then we go, ah, man, and we smack ourselves, we get slapped on the hand, and so he says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, so instead of giving you this book of laws to live by, I'm going to write those books and those laws on you and in you, meaning he's going to take that old person and put the Holy Spirit in you, and that's why in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, it says, in the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And I'm going to put something new in you is what he's saying. And here will be the results of it. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Now, don't let this confuse you. Prophecy, visions, dreams are simply God's way of saying, you're going to get this. Because I know some of you guys read this and you're like, uh, I, I, you, like, some of you guys are even intimidated by the size of my book. Like, that's a big Bible. Like, it's the same thing. It's just larger print. That's all it is. You know, when you get a little older, you have to large the print up anyways. But don't be intimidated by this. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do is he wants you to come and live righteously so that you can take these words and write them and apply them to your life. That you're going to see the way God sees it. That you're going to be able to interpret the way that God interprets it. You're going to understand it and he's going to have your mind. And he's going to give you a new understanding because you've welcomed him in to do that. So there's going to be this change in you. And you're going to go from, I better stop being bad or I'm going to go to hell. To Lord, thank you that I've lost my taste in sin. That there's going to be some things where you go, you know what? I just want to serve you. I just want to walk with you. And if this sin is keeping me from that, then I don't want anything to do with it. I want it out of my life. You're not going to look at it as like, oh, gosh, I, have to, I can't do that anymore. And you're like, no. And essentially, the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to go from good to godly. Let me explain what that means. Right now, without the Holy Spirit, we're just trying to be good. Okay, I gotta be good. Okay, okay, don't do this, don't do that. Okay, 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 don't do this, don't do that. And then we do it, and you're like, oh, I did it, I did it, I did it, I did it. And then we go to that place, and then, but the Holy Spirit wants us to be godly, meaning, here's the definition, conforming to the laws and wishes of God. I love that definition. Conforming, meaning changing myself by the laws and wishes of God. Wishes mean, you know what? I want what he wishes for my life. I want him to be in my life and have that relationship that helps me and empowers me. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. It wants to empower you to live righteously. A couple weeks ago, I talked about how uh, I, I made a change in my life because I bought a scale. 
And, and I, I started, you know, doing some intermittent fasting. And, and during that time, I only would drink black coffee and water. And it's, it's going great, you know. Black coffee still tastes weird. I really think that sometimes we drink black coffee and we go like this. We go, and that's the face of going, I don't like it, but it's better for me. It's, it's giving me the caffeine I want. Like, that's the face. You've probably seen that face. You probably do that face. But here's the thing. Do I miss a white mocha with... English toffee, of course. I got it so much, the exchange called the Dallas. The Dallas. You can go actually right after service. Go. I want the Dallas. They'll be like, right away. I hope. I don't know. They'll be like the Dallas. I haven't gotten it in a while, but like I used to get it a ton. Now, can I have a white mocha with English toffee and whipped cream and caramel every once in a while? Sure, but I can't have as much as I did because it will affect my body, and I don't want to do that. Same thing with sin. Sure, sin is fun. It's great. But will it affect my relationship and with God? Of course. And what, here's what I love the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit will remind you, hey, 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 I know you want to do this, but we've been down this road, and it just leads to conviction and, and shame and guilt, and don't go, just don't do it. And that's what the Holy Spirit's trying to do. He's trying to say, hey, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You don't want to do that. And sometimes we don't listen to the Holy Spirit. We're like, no, nah, I want to do it. And then we could, same road. Guilt, shame, anger. Holy Spirit's like, ah, I tried it. But that's what he wants to do. And, and he wants to empower you to say, you know what? I'm not going to live by the law, but I'm going to allow the words of God to empower me. And I know this takes time and consistency. I'm not saying that you're going to get the Holy Spirit and go like, I don't sin anymore. Like, it's going to take work. But I can tell you this. There's going to be some sins that you thought you would never get rid of. And as soon as you invite him in to transform your life, you're going to go to a place where you're no longer bound or addicted or held on to certain things and that you are set free the way God intended you to be because he wants to empower you to do that. He wants you to go from doing the right thing to get out of hell or, and, and stop giving up. He, did, he doesn't want you to just think that way. He wants you to change and give you a new motivation, a new desire. He wants you to go from uh, I have to to I get to. I get to follow Jesus. I get to allow him in my life and to move in my life. Have you ever noticed church people can sometimes be mean? Like you walk in, maybe not here, maybe another church. Or you go high and they're like, you're like, hey, how are you? You ever wonder maybe they're just mean because they're trying to live like without the Holy Spirit? Like they're just like, hey, trying to be good, okay, get out of here. Like they're just angry. Maybe because their appetite hasn't changed. They still have an appetite for the world and for, the, and, and for sin and they go, I can't do that anymore. And they kind of just cross their arms. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. It's to empower you to say, you know what? Because here's what you'll find out. When you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, it'll empower you to say what it says about grace, mercy, and, and, and everything that will be empower you to move forward and not move back. And Paul talks about this in Romans 8 where he says, but you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if. So he's saying this to Christians that if you're still controlled by your sin nature, it tells you what to do. But if you're controlled by the Spirit... You have the Spirit of God living in you. What? So the Spirit of the Creator of the universe who could do all things is now living in me? Yes, because we believe that God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. So when we welcome the Holy Spirit in, we have the Spirit of God living in us. 
I mean, that's amazing. That's transformational. So the real purpose of Pentecost is that God wants to write a new spirit in you that will change you and empower you to live righteously. Here's number two. It will empower us to live supernaturally. Now, supernaturally really means this, that God never wants us to only operate on what we understand or what we could do. Supernaturally means that the Holy Spirit's going to empower us to tap into the impossible, to tap into the power that heals, delivers, saves, and does miracles. Our problem is we don't want to, it's not that we don't want a powerful God, our problem is how people have packaged it. Like Pastor said last week, and I've said already, the Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are. People are weird. They're weird with or without the Holy Spirit. And you can tap into everything that is God, that does miracles, that heals, that delivers. And you can keep all the weird stuff. Really, it's about posture, not performance. Let me explain. Meaning I can be in a posture where I want to pray and believe that God's going to heal someone and I don't have to do any weird dance or anything like this. I don't have to throw things. I don't have to breathe weird. I can literally just stand and allow God, who can do all things, to move in me and through me. Because here's the thing. Sometimes we want to we try to put our little, you know, our little spin on it. Maybe we just like, we hit him in the back a certain way. Maybe we go, hmm, we make weird sounds. We're like, what's happening? God doesn't need that. He's not like, all right, you get me rolling. Woo, let's go, let's go. Like, he doesn't need all that. Literally, I've seen healings happen, and all I did was this. Just put a hand. Sometimes I don't even touch the person. Because it's not about me. It's about me allowing God to move through me. For other people, and that's all he wants. There's nothing special about me. I've just been open to allow the Holy Spirit to empower me, and he wants to do the same in you. Acts 2.19 says, and I will cause wonders. Here's what I love about that word, wonders. Because sometimes we can go, I wonder why, whoa, whoa, I wonder how that happened. Like some of you might be saying, well, like, I wonder how I got that job. I wonder how that, where that money came from. It just came out of nowhere. And it says, in the heavens above and signs on earth below, blood and fire and clouds and smoke, which we see are signs of the Holy Spirit. You have to remember that God is showing up to do the supernatural in your marriage. He's showing up to do the supernatural in your finances. And he wants to fix those messed up kids. And sometimes we'll look at those as coincidences and not God moving the supernatural. Now, maybe you go, well, I don't, I've never seen healing because I didn't see a tumor fall off or a finger grow back. But you've seen God do some great things. You've been able to pay rent. Like that's a miracle sometimes. My pastor mentor, Pastor John Bohr said, you know, it's a miracle when you don't sin the same the next day. That if you can go a day without sinning with the sin you struggled with before, that's a miracle. Because you've allowed God to come in and transform you and show you that that sin is not worth it. That mindset, that living, that lifestyle, it's not worth it that I have more for you. And so when you say, I'm not gonna let that sin win today, that's a miracle happening in your life. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. It wants to enable you to live a supernatural life that supersedes the natural. First Corinthians chapter two talks about, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. I love that Paul says this. I mean, he was a smart dude. 
He says, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. I can relate to this scripture because sometimes God makes me sound way smarter than I am. And I'm okay with that because I don't want you guys to be persuaded by me. I want you to hear what God's word says for you and take it outside of these doors. I don't want to say I like his word. No, no, that's God's word, again, moving in me and through me. So some of you just need the power of God to change your life. You need to embrace Pentecost, which was fulfilling the word and fulfilling the law to be writing in us. And he wants you to be empowered supernaturally. Here's number three. The Holy Spirit wants to empower us to fulfill his mission. The real heart behind the Holy Spirit isn't to give you goosebumps, but to empower you to bring a message to the dying world who needs the truth that can change and transform their lives. The real sign of the Holy Spirit isn't shoulda bada hunda, bada da da da. It's not the real sign is when people come to Jesus. And here's what I love. I believe the Holy Spirit is moving our church. Why? Because people are surrendering to the saving power of Jesus every single week. That's how I know the Holy Spirit's moving because people are getting saved. And scripture talks about this. In Acts chapter two, verse 21, after all the signs and wonders that happened in verse 17 through 20, after all the prophesying dreams, it says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So you see, Peter reads a scripture that comes from the book of Joel, and 3,000 people get saved. Like, that's amazing. And Paul says something very similar in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1, 5, where it says, Our gospel came to not, sim- with, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Conviction's good, condemnation's not. And so when conviction comes in, it's supposed to help you go in the right direction. So people were convinced, and it wasn't just good preaching that convinced them, it was the Holy Spirit being present in their lives. And my heart is that we become a group of people who say, I want to experience Passover by experiencing Jesus' forgiveness. And one day I want to experience tabernacles because I want to go home in heaven. But in between all that, while we're here on earth, I want the Holy Spirit to come in and do a work in my life. So if I were to sum up everything I just said in one definition of Pentecost, it would be this. Empowering Jesus' people with supernatural ability to fulfill an important mission. Meaning empower you with the ability you don't have to make a difference in this world. So how do we do that? I'm glad you asked. Peter says it in Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39, where he says, repent be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So if you're not saved, we want to help that today. But don't just stop there. And it says, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So what do we need to do? We need to receive the Holy Spirit. We need to welcome him in so he will fulfill his mission in our lives. He wants to empower you, but he won't force it on you. You gotta welcome it in. Can I pray with you? You know, before we can welcome the Holy Spirit, you have to welcome Jesus. And you have to welcome what Jesus did. As he lived a sinless life, he came on this earth, and then he did the ultimate sacrifice. And he went to the cross to build that bridge between us and God again, 
to be in right standing like the scripture says. So with everyone's head bowed, if you're in here this, day, this morning, you're saying, you know what? I've heard about Jesus, but I've never like welcomed him in my life. I've never made him my Lord, my Savior. Lord meaning, you know, I'm gonna give him control. I'm gonna allow him to do what he needs to do in my life and Savior meaning I'm not holding on to my sin, my guilt, my shame. I'm gonna give it to him and allow him to make me a new creation. In a moment, we're gonna do one of two things. If you wanna make that first step, I just want you to raise your hand in a moment and then as a church, we're just gonna say a simple prayer together. Nothing fancy, in fact, I wrote it down. So if you're in here this morning, you say, you know what? I wanna do what you're talking about. I wanna start that Jesus journey. I wanna have a relationship with Jesus. I wanna welcome him in my life. And if that's you, can I just have you lift up your hand real quick and just look at me? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love it, I love it. Anyone else, did I miss anyone? Thank you. Church, can we say this prayer together? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Make me new. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the very first time, we are so excited for you, and we know that this is just the first step. So if you could please do us a favor, scan that QR code. You could probably do the screen. You could do the seat in front of you, or if you're in the front row, I think it's below you. Scan that. We'd love for you to fill out our, 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 our card, just get some information from you, and you could check the box saying, I'm choosing to follow Jesus, and we want to help you with that. We want to make sure you get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, we can give you one for free. It's our gift to you. You can actually go to the Welcome Center too and they have these devotionals that are great and they're just day by day where you can read one or maybe two verses that, and then they have, there's like a story that kind of applies to it to help you get in your word. We want to help you to start praying. Again, prayer is not supposed to be something where it's too uh, complicated or hard. It's just talking to God. I always say prayer is talking to God like you would your best friend. You're just real, you're honest, and you're just being yourself. And also we wanna make sure you get in the church. And if you're saying, I don't know if Life Church is a church for me, that's fine. We always say, we, we know at Life Church we're a church for anybody, but we're not a church for everybody. So if this doesn't work for you, that's totally fine. But you can't use this as an excuse to not go to church. You gotta find a church. And I'm here to tell you there's a lot of churches in Green Bay that would love for you to be a part, but you have to be part of a community that can help you grow from where you are to where God wants you to be. Can I pray with you one more time? Maybe you're in here and you say, no, I am a Jesus person, but man, I haven't received the Holy Spirit. And maybe you have a reason for it for the longest time. It's, you know, it was weird, it didn't make sense. And, but now after hearing it, you, you want the power to live righteously. You want the power to, to live supernaturally. You want the power to fulfill his mission. If that's you, can I have you raise your hand so I can pray with you? Love it. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come in our lives. And Father, I pray, Lord, with every hand raised and not hand raised, Lord, who wants to receive from you, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would hear from you. Again, this isn't going to be something weird or, or something kooky. It's just welcoming the power of your spirit into our lives. So, Lord, I pray we welcome it and that we listen to it as we want to live righteously and supernaturally and to fulfill that mission, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that what happens today will not stay here, but it will change and transform lives and that people go, what is happening in your life? And all I can say is I just welcome God's spirit in my life. 
So Lord, I pray for this to transform us and change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast, Chew on That. The Chew on That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week. Thank you.